Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. We're so glad you're joining us today. If you're watching us online, we're really glad to have you with us as well. So let's take a moment to greet one another. Uh, if you're here on site, you could turn to your neighbor and wave to them. Uh, if you're online, maybe you could type into the chat a greeting, like, peace be with you, or good morning. Our friendly moderators online will also be standing by to respond to you in the chat. So as we prepare ourselves for worship, let's stand and um, join me in the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us be glad this day for life, for breath, and for freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We come, we come to, to bring, bring our, our gifts of praise and gratitude, and gratitude to, the to the God of all creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. Let, Let us give, give thanks and praise to the Lord. So now let's join our hearts and voices together in a time of worship. Uh, just a reminder for those on site, uh, regulations still do not allow us to actually sing, but you can um, feel free to close your eyes, you can stand, you can sit, whatever you do to want to do to feel comfortable. You raise your hands, meditate on the words, just let the music speak to your heart. Um, thank you. raised 
Please be seated. So over this past week, uh, during my spiritual formation class, we were invited to and challenged to write our own version of the Lord's Prayer. And actually, I've never thought of doing that before. Um, but it was really, really beautiful to hear the prayers that my classmates wrote, how much it represented where they were in their lives, how they saw God, and how God was working around them. And I wonder if you were to write your own version of the Lord's Prayer, what that might sound like. So today I just want to offer you, as we pray together, my version of the Lord's Prayer. Will you pray together with me? Holy God, who is love, you are who we want to know and be known by truly. May we be aligned with your spirit as you help us embody love and compassion in this world. May your love bring healing to broken people, systems, and relationships towards the restoration of shalom. Give us what we need this day to be our true selves and love others so they can do the same. Help us to forgive ourselves and others as we learn to let go of shame and resentment. Lead us that we may not add to the harm or oppression of others. Help us instead lead the way to freedom just as you have freed us. May your joy, hope, love and justice be our anthem now and forevermore. Amen. Good morning, church. Join us in a time of singing. As we sing of God's goodness and faithfulness in our lives, this morning, may God's voice speak to you. Let's sing, I love you. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God I love you, Lord I love you, Lord For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God together we sing all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so Sing of 
every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life laid out I'm surrendered now I give you everything your goodness is running after it's running after me together one more time your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Good morning and welcome home. Welcome to Free Community Church. Today we are going to continue with our Becoming Sermon series. And uh, for those of you uh, who are new to us, uh, you, you might want to know that we use uh, menti.com to allow you to participate um, in our sermon um, and build the sermon together. Um, and today's uh, Menti code is 97607148. So for those of you, um, you know, present, you can whip out your phone. Those of you online can just key in the um, Menti code and join us um, um, this, during this time. We have talked very often about what kind of community uh, we want to become. In fact, we spend an entire sermon series on it, Ecclesia, being the church today. One of the good things that have emerged um, during this COVID period is that it is so easy to archive our services online now, and it's easy to access um, the sermons in the past, um, just go on our YouTube channel. While I was preparing to preach at TiVo um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I went through some old emails um, to see what I can um, share with our friends over there. And I dug out some nuggets and I wanted to start today with two of them. There is no church if you're not here. All of us choose to be here, to be part of this movement, invited to come and see, come and taste, and come and be part of God's breaking in the commonwealth of God into the world. This journey is a testimony to the miracle of God's love for each one of us. God's faithfulness, God's presence, and God's provision. And the other thing I had was about homecoming. Homecoming is as much about our return home as it is about preparing for others to return home. Homecoming is reunion. 
Homecoming is reconciliation. Homecoming is healing. Homecoming is the prodigal hospitality that is the love of God poured out for all of us. Homecoming is Jesus' invitation for us to come follow Him. Welcome home. That is who we hope we can become, a community of reunion, a community of reconciliation, a community of healing, a community of prodigal hospitality. But before we think about who we want to become, it is just as important to think about how we get there. Sometimes in our rush to get to our goals, we forget the journey, the how, is as important as the goal itself. If we took shortcuts, if we make some unhelpful compromises, then what's the point? One of the things that is in the news this week is MP Raisa Khan's um, admission that she lied in Parliament about the police handling of a sexual assault case. I believe that she was not out to destroy public trust in the police, but rather passionate about improving the handling of sexual assault cases so that victims will not be re-traumatised when they step forward to make police reports. She had clarified that she heard about the alleged victim's um, experience at a police station during a women's support group instead of knowing it when she accompanied the victim to a police station as she originally claimed. She said, I did not share that I was part of the group as I did not have the courage to publicly admit that I was part of it. I attended the support group because I myself am a survivor of sexual assault. Instead of helping improve the police handling of sexual assault cases, she had diminished her own credibility as well as the credibility of victims who report sexual assaults. And she may have also violated confidentiality when she shared that incident without consent. And then we have to ask ourselves, is achieving our goal so important that we sacrifice our values to get there? And it is even more important when we are building community because how we build community affects what the community becomes. We are not saints. And we dare to look back in our lives. There will be times we compromised. We sacrificed our values. We lied. We did things that we might not be so um, quick to admit, perhaps, even to ourselves, that we did to achieve our goals or to get what we want. And it may just be a white lie. And this is sin. And it would be good to confess to God and perhaps even someone you trust so you hold yourself accountable. And I cannot ask you to do something without first doing it myself. And something weighed on my heart for a while. Those of you who are new here and who have attended newcomers' meeting will realize sometimes our meetings, our newcomers' meetings can be rather unusual. Sometimes when we invite newcomers to share their lives, they are very willing to share very deeply, very vulnerably their stories, their struggles, 
and their experiences. And it's almost as if something broke open and we are witnessing God working in that circle of people, supporting each other, listening and holding space about our struggles so healing might happen then. And I think that for some folks, that feels like there's a feeling of homecoming, even though they're here for the first time. And they feel the beginning of reconciliation, healing, welcome, and love. It is a very risky thing to share. We often highlight that we should keep what was shared in the room confidential. And in some of the support groups I lead, I would ask participants if it is okay to share the story, minus all the identifying details, if that story can help someone else sometime in the future. But this is a newcomer's meeting and I often don't ask. And I don't remember um, asking um, ever. So what happened was later on, during a counselling session, I shared some information about situation. Uh, and this situation wasn't a personal situation to the newcomer, but you know, uh, a situation somewhere else. Thinking that it would be helpful for this person to hear. Right? There are no identifying details. Um, and yeah, It didn't cross my mind that I would be violating confidentiality then. At that moment, all that was on my mind was that this person in front of me needed help and needed some advice, counselling. But little did I know that this person would figure out the source of the information. Um, there was this newcomer and actually went to ask this newcomer about the situation that happened. Even though it's not a personal situation, the newcomer was quite affected because they didn't expect the story to be sh they shared would be repeated elsewhere. Of course, it came back to me, and I apologised for my lapse in judgement. Even though it wasn't a personal story that I shared, the damage was done. It would take time to repair the trust and make this person feel safe again. That is why I understand MP Raiza Khan's situation. Sometimes we cross lines and we don't even realise because we are so focused on the goal in front of us. We were all trying to do the right thing. We had good intentions. But you all know that the road too is paved with good intentions. So how we get there is as important as getting there. It may take more effort and you'll certainly take more time, but it is critical when we are talking about who we are becoming, both as individuals and as a community, because the how affects what we become. So how do we help people get to become what God is calling them to be, or calling you what God is calling you to be? And I was thinking about children, right? Raising children. When we want to get a child to behave in a certain way or do a certain thing, what do we do? And I want you all to, you know, keen in, um, in mentee. How do we get a child to behave or to, to do a certain thing that we want the child to do? Maybe the... the um, Sunday school teachers here <laughs> who have some answers. Okay, for those of you who don't understand English, Mata Ka means the police 
we'll, the, the police will come and get you, you know, if you don't do that. Carrot, model the behaviour, rewards and punishment, discipline, convince, educate, lead by example, give them something they like, obedience, get them to understand, mirror, candy. Well, it seems like leading by example is the one that is appearing quite a bit. Right? Positive reinforcement, explain the pro and cons. Very good. Very good reflections. I think when we, when we streamline down and, and, and gather all these ideas, right, or all these um, methods that we get a child to behave, um, usually they fall into two categories, right? The carrot or the stick. You reward positive reinforcement, right? Or you punish the stick. And the stick, you know, carrot, we all understand, right? But the stick can come as punishment, shame, or coercion. I've, I think growing up, I have felt being shamed into doing a lot of things. And that shapes who we are in a very unhealthy way. And I want to ask you now, what do you think is the best way? The stick or the carrot? Which do you think is the best way? Okay. This is the, the point where you know, we, we start seeing the votes come in. And maybe like elections, you sit and you hope that your side wins. <laughs> but it seems that a majority of people seem to see the carrot um, as... Um, more positive. I recall that when I did this question with TiVo, it seemed to be quite close fight between the two. Thank you. Thank you for responding. That was a trick question. Because the best way is neither rewards nor punishment. The best way is to love a child into behaving, loving someone into becoming. Because what happens when, we are, when there's no longer a reward? And what happens when those, there's no longer any punishment? When we are driven because of rewards, we are driven by selfishness. When we are driven by punishment, we are driven by fear. And this doesn't just happen in parenting. It happens in almost every human organization relationship as well. And it happens in religion. There's so much focus on heaven and hell, and I will not go in depth in that, but the idea that's behind heaven and hell is really the stick and the carrot. And so when someone comes up and says, I don't believe in hell, and theologically thinking about that, there's so much reaction to that. Because what happens when you take away the punishment? Then what is there to enforce people's behaviour? Right? What happens if there's no more carrot and stick? Think about that. Because instead of rewards and punishment, which does not transform us, God loves us into becoming. And through love, we are transformed in the process. 
We are no longer driven by rewards, that's basically our selfishness, or by punishment, and basically by fear. But we are driven by love. And when we are driven by love, even when there's no reward, even when there's no punishment, even when it costs us, we will behave in the right way and we will do the right thing. That is how I understand grace. Grace isn't just about us being loved by God even though we don't deserve it. Grace is the process of God loving us into becoming more and more Christ-like. That's the kingdom of God. And how does loving someone into becoming work in church? This is connected to what we believe. Because nobody is beyond redemption. It is all about radical love and loving even our enemies. And this from Matthew chapter 5. You have heard it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your parent in heaven. God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly parent is perfect. We cannot say that we love God if we do not love God's creation. Loving the Creator without loving the Creator's creations who we may see as enemies, is, who we may see as en our enemies is also God's creation, God's beloved child. Even if they have done something wrong, even though if they have hurt us or annoy, annoy us, radical love requires us to love and forgive one another. I come across this recently. This is a photo of uh, Pope John Paul II. And the other man in the picture is Mehmet Ali Ajka. He shot the Pope four times on 13th of May, 1981. Four times. Pope John Paul II, of course, survived. And he was sentenced to life imprisonment but upon the request of Pope John Paul II, the President of Italy pardoned him in the year 2000 and deported him back to Turkey. Father James Martin wrote, Even with his many encyclicals and other writings, his pastoral trips around the world, and his countless other important achievements, here, to me, is his greatest moment. Meeting with and forgiving his would-be assassin, may we all learn to forgive. Pope John Paul II was loving this person who wanted to kill him into becoming something new. For us, however, the people who hurt us the most usually are the people who mean the most to us, for the closest to us. In church, we often hurt one another. And it's not easy to forgive. It requires us to work through it. It's not just a matter of saying it. 
but it is core to our faith. It's embedded in the Lord's Prayer. And when, Jesus, when Peter asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive someone? Jesus replied, 70 times, seven times. Forgiveness is at our core. And on the other hand, one of the hardest things to believe is that God has already forgiven us too. We constantly fear being punished and we constantly live as though we need to earn God's love. Again, the carrot and the stick. We're worried that if we somehow make a mistake, God will come after us. And when something bad happens to us, when things don't go our way, we quickly assume it is because we have done something wrong and God is displeased with us and we are punished for it. But Jesus revealed a different God, a God who loves us into being, a God whose goodness is always running after us. We sang the song just now, I love you, Lord, Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life, you have been so faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I will sing of the goodness of God. We are the unfaithful ones. We are the ones who struggle to believe in God's love and God's grace and that God has already forgiven us. I talk often about how unforgiveness affects us. Right? What happens when we're unforgiving? It eats us up from within. It builds up resentment. But there's the other side as well. What if we have already been forgiven and we have not asked for forgiveness? In the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's both and. Both forgiving and asking for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness, even when we have been forgiven, does something to us as well. It restores us. It restores relationship. Have you ever had a falling out with a friend? And then you sort of bump into each other and you go like, oops, and then you make a beeline the other way. You pretend that you didn't see. Maybe your friend has already forgiven you. Maybe you have already forgiven your friend. And sometimes both, right? When we have misunderstandings, when there's a breaking of relationship, both parties need to forgive each other. But somehow, the reconciliation has not happened because one party is not aware that they have been forgiven. And maybe both parties have not been aware. And sometimes you might, you know, end up in an uncomfortable situation and maybe you were forced to sit with this person that you have falling out with and through the conversation suddenly you just bring up, you know, that time, I'm sorry for what had happened. And then that person went like, huh? What? What happened? And then you start telling that story and go like, oh, 
<laughs> I've long forgotten about it. It was nothing. You know, it wasn't a big thing. But we have carried it in our hearts. And that affects us. How we love, we are loved into becoming, loved into being, we are also to love others into being and others into becoming. I don't know how many of you know Fred Rogers. I didn't. I'm sure, I'm sure both of you know Tom and Julia. You're from the US. I only knew about Fred Rogers when I went to the US because my seminary friends all talk about it. Right? He's amazing. Fred Rogers is huge in the US because his children's television show ran for 33 years. He passed away in 2003, but his work continues to impact lives. There's even a movie starring Tom Hanks based on his life, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, and you should go watch it. And on Mr. Rogers' Neighbourhood, which is a TV show, he uses neither the carrot nor the stick to teach children. He used love. And there's much we can learn from Mr. Rogers still. There's much we can learn. And, you know, watching some of it, I went like, wow, I think some of us adults need to hear this. And one of the Fred Rogers quotes stuck with me, right? The only thing evil can't stand is forgiveness. Then theologically, you go scratch your head, right? Like forgiveness. The only thing evil can't stand is forgiveness. And Fred Rogers shared the impact of his seminary professor, William Orr. Uh, Fred Rogers actually attended seminary, yeah? and he's actually ordained, and his ministry is his TV show to educate children. That's his ministry, right? We should refer to him as Reverend Fred Rogers, but he probably would not have accepted that. He would just always be Mr. Rogers. So one Sunday after visiting Dr. Orr at his nursing home, which Fred and his wife did every week, and after seeing the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, Fred asked him about the verse that included the Prince of Darkness Grim. And Fred recalled, what is the one thing that would wipe out evil? And Dr. Orr, his professor, said, evil simply disintegrates in the presence of forgiveness. Evil simply disintegrates in the presence of forgiveness. When you look with accusing eyes at your neighbour, that is what evil would want. Because the more Satan, the accuser, can spread the accusing spirit, the greater evil spreads. On the other hand, if you can look with the eyes of the advocate on your neighbour, those are the eyes of Jesus. And Fred Rogers said, I've never forgotten that. Forgiveness can overcome evil. I want to warn though, Forgiveness is not the same as not holding someone accountable. We can do both at the same time. If I made a mistake, I should be held accountable. Just like I apologize for you know, violating confidentiality when, you know, even though I had good intentions. I have to take actions to repent and make amends. And that is separate from being forgiven. 
I may have hurt someone by my actions. That person may have forgiven me, but I'm still accountable for my actions. I still have to do something to fix the situation, and I still have to make restitution. Like, if I, if I was driving and knocked into someone's car, that person might have forgiven me, but I still had to pay for the repairs, right? As a church, oh, I just missed the whole chunk of slides. Oh, well. Never mind. As church, we should move away from the stick, from punishing, from shaming, from coercion, from forcing people to behave, and move towards love. Loving people into who they can become. And I was thinking of giving you, a, you know, a guideline or some answers how to do that. And I struggled. And then I realized that you know the answer to this question. Because there are people in your life who have loved you into becoming loved you into being, who instead of punishing, shaming, or coercing you, they loved you. They loved you into becoming. They loved you and they forgave you. And you grew from that. So, I want to end today with an exercise that Fred Rogers did You don't have to look at your mentees, your mobile phones anymore. And this is from um, one of the commencement speeches that he gave. And I'll try to channel him. I'd like to give you an invisible gift. A gift of a silent minute to think about those who have helped you become who you are today. Someone who has loved you into being. Some of them might be here right now. Some might be far away. Some, like my astronomy professor, may be even in heaven. But wherever they are, if they've loved you, encouraged you, and wanted what was best in life for you, they're right inside yourself. And I feel that you deserve quiet time to devote some thought to them. So let's just take a minute in honour of those who have cared about us all along the way. One silent minute. I'll watch the time.
whomever you have been thinking about, imagine how grateful they must be that during your silent times, you remember how important they are to you. It's not the honours and the prizes and the fancy outsides of life which ultimately nourish our souls. It's knowing that we can be trusted, that we never have to fear the truth, that the bedrock of our lives from which we make our choices is very good stuff. We all need someone to believe in us, to love us into being. And I want to turn things around a little because usually we ask, do you believe in God? I want to turn it around and ask, do you think God believes in you? Do you think God believes in you? Because sometimes we don't believe in ourselves either. I know God believes in us. And God wants to love you into being. And whatever that's holding you back, and whatever that you might be holding on to, the unforgiveness, and the unforgiveness is not to other people, but the unforgiveness to yourself. Let it go. I've encountered far too many people who cannot forgive themselves even though they have been forgiven even by the people they have hurt. And they continue to carry that. And that continues to be a shadow over their lives. But if you let that go and let God's grace permeate through you, you will be transformed and you are, will be allowing God to love you into being. And then, are we able to believe in each other? So we love each other into being. Are you able to love each other into being so you believe in yourself and each other that you all, we all, are capable of becoming who God is inviting us to become? Amen. We have come now to the time of uh, Holy Communion. So we gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. 
This means you do not have to meet any criteria, you do not have to be a member, you do not have to be baptised, you only need to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We thank, we thank you, you, good and gracious God, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As, as people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality, our lives are based on discrimination of the other, and we have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new people. We confess our sin and we pledge to work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings and to receive your mercy and forgiveness and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. We remember, remember how, how Jesus, Jesus came to us, becoming one of us, born like us, of flesh, blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. We remember how on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Sisters and brothers, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more, ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die, ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. The vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. Uh, may I invite the stewards to come forward and distribute the elements? Uh, for those who are at home, this will be a good time to prepare your own elements as well. Uh, for those who are present here, please do not reach out to uh, take the elements. The stewards will pass them to you. Thank you. And please hold on. Uh, we will partake the elements together.
Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You come to us simply, lovingly, humbly, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we share with one another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death and his rising to new life. Let us partake together. Um, for those who are able and willing, uh, please rise for the prayer. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourish us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank Together, you for, for your feeding us our hunger and, and relieving our thirst. With, with deep gratitude, we offer you our lives, our love, ourselves. ourselves gathered in Jesus by your life-giving Spirit. May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. So welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first, realize, everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you are welcome here, regardless of your economic status, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, or any of the labels the world may put on you. To those of you who are joining us for the first time, or to, and to those of you who are worship with us regularly, welcome home. Now, if, uh, my name is David, and I am the service leader today. So if you're joining us for the first time, we welcome you to leave your details with us at this QR code or fcc.la slash welcome so we can, our pastors can get in touch with you, find out more about who you are and how we can best serve your needs. Uh, if you're new to the church, like maybe you've been here for a few weeks, uh, you can join our newcomers meeting, which is on the last Sunday of every month, uh, and you can sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. Also, if the sermon today has blessed you, uh, and you're watching online, please do give our video a like. This will help YouTube uh, recommend it to other people so they can be blessed as well. So this uh, month, this week, we have a, a small financial update. So here we are at the end of October. Um, we still have to raise about, I think it's still about, um, I think it's about 72,000 left to raise for the end of the year. So this is, I just want to take a moment to address our members and those of you who consider yourselves friends of FCC, um, because the situation looks good on, on picture, we're on budget, but um, we've actually experienced a few of our major donors who have moved overseas. And so for the next two months, we're expecting that we will not be able to make the rest of the budget at our current rate of uh, offering. So it looks as if we'll be about 12,000 short at the end of the year. Uh, so this is just an appeal to everyone. Um, if you do have the capacity to give a little more for the rest of the year to help us meet our budget, we really appreciate it, um, just as God leads you to do so. <laughs> so um, with that, we'll take up the offering now. Uh, there are two ways you can give through um, the QR codes, uh, PayNow, 
One of them goes to the general fund, which goes to mainly our pastors and staff salaries, as well as the running operating expenses of this church. We do have AV equipment that's starting to age and needs to be replaced, and so we've incurred some expenses there, as well, of course, the utilities and so on. The other goes to the building fund, and the building fund is specifically to pay on the mortgage on this property, which still has quite a, a few years left to pay. So those are two funds you can donate to, and you can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Uh, so please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, you've called us to be a home where all can worship you as we are, without hiding who we are, where we can experience your healing and your grace. You've called us to, be, to stand for greater equality and justice and to be a voice for the marginalized. So God, we look to you, we trust in you to provide us with the resources to continue our ministry. May you bless this offering to sustain our church and our ministry that we can continue to be your hands and your voice in this world. Amen. I now invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering. If you're on site and you would like to drop some cash or a check in the bag, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. So while the stewards are going around, we have some announcements. So the first announcement is a big thank you because our T-Mart drive is, uh, has concluded and we did it. Yay! So give yourselves a big clap. Uh, we managed to gather all the food that was necessary to give to the tea mart, to the tea shelter, which supports the, um, it's a, it's a, provides a home for, trans, for the trans community, especially trans elderly who have become homeless. So thank you for all your contributions and prayers. This drive is comp uh, closed for now. Uh, so we also have a new cell group that's about to start. It's called Sprout. Um, so if you're new to the church, you're not part of a cell group, but you would like to kind of get deeper into community and uh, fellowship with other believers, this will be a great group for you to join. And it's going to be a six-month uh, group. So you can register at info at freecomchurch.org. World AIDS Day is on the 1st of December, but we'll be celebrating it on the 28th of November, Sunday. Uh, and that's also the day of our annual general meeting. So for the celebration, we welcome you to record or write a message or a pledge to support people living with HIV. And you can submit this at fcc.la slash WAD2021 by the 22nd of November 2021. They'll all be compiled and as part of our Sunday service. And now I invite uh, Pastor Pauline to come up and speak a little more about our Advent Anthology. So, um, before we realize it, we're actually at the end, or coming to the end of the year, the end of 2021, and how has this year been for you? I think as a church and as a community, it's been challenging, right? I think one of the biggest challenges is not being able to gather together, to have lunch and chit-chat with one another, to check in on each other, and just a fellowship. And I think that this has been a great loss that we've felt, especially over these past two years. And so... I wanted to invite you to participate in our Advent spiritual practice together as a community. You know, today, you know, Miak was talking about being loved into being. And I wonder what your stories of being loved into being are like. And I'm so curious to find out more. Whether it's God loving you into being, whether it's people loving you to being, or even as you've been through this one year, 
the stories of struggle that you might have had, things that have been difficult for you, you know, even not just the fact that we couldn't gather and be together has been hard for many people. And so I want to invite you to share your stories of struggle and gratitude around our Advent teams, right? Love, peace, hope, joy, whatever that Christmas reminds you of. And how you can do that is firstly, okay, you can go up there on a QR code. The link is on our website. You can read a little bit more about this. Uh, most importantly, uh, send us an email on info at freecomchurch.org. Right? Whether you are part of a, ch a group, whether you're an individual who wants to be part of a group but you don't really have a group, doesn't matter. Okay? Send us an email at info at freecomchurch.org um, so that I know that you're interested and so I can guide you through the process. Okay? What we're going to do is to kind of gather people into groups of five. Uh, you're going to meet, probably meet online because at the moment you cannot meet in person. We're going to take time to share and listen to and hold space for each other's stories and hopefully in the process encourage one another and build community even though we can't really do it physically. At least it's something we can do as we go into the Advent season together. Okay, so I invite you to check it out and send us an email on info at freecomchurch.org. Right. And so if you're able and willing, would you rise to receive the benediction? Dear God of love, you loved us into being. But sometimes we resist. Sometimes we refuse. Sometimes we are scared of what that means. But God, help us to allow you to love us even more into being, into becoming. And we thank you for all the people in our lives who have participated in this process of loving us and believing in us. And we pray that you send us out as your people who will love others into being, who will support and encourage and believe in others the way you believe in us. And so now go. And may God's grace, God's love go with you always. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us for service today. Have a wonderful and blessed week ahead.